2: Hello, I'm Steph and welcome to the Don't Buy Her Flowers podcast. We're week three over here with back to school and haven't yet managed a full week with all the kids in yet. Uh, one was off, there was a water problem and they got sent home. Another one has a bug today. Uh, the upside is that my kids are no longer babies so I can carry on to a degree, unlike when they were little and literally everything gets dropped and you're kind of stuck under them when one is ill. Which brings me onto the subject for today actually, we're talking the early stages of motherhood. Today's guest is the brilliant comedian Kelly Convey. She does stand-up supporting the likes of Alan Carr, Russell Kane, the My Therapist Ghosted Me podcast tour, among loads of others. She has a growing following on her brilliant TikTok and she's bashed out two babies in 15 months. The youngest is still only seven months old so I would say she's in the trenches with a fresh, hot off the press view on being a new mum. We talk about the early weeks and how she found it, going back to work and the pros and cons of that, how to navigate advice from other people, trying to make mum friends, feeling ragey at your partner. She also has some really sound thoughts about this as a phase and coming out the other side, which is actually incredibly impressive, especially given her girls are so young. It's taken me years to work through all the feelings I had as a new mum. My company Don't Buy Her Flowers actually started because I found being a new mum such a massive leap. When I had my first baby nearly 13 years ago and was inundated with well-meant bouquets and I thought it was a really daft gift to give to a new mum who is most likely overwhelmed, sore, knackered, bit ragey, and just needs some TLC. And I will just mention here that we have recently updated our Create a New Mum gift box, so you choose what to include and it's totally bespoke. And we've got things like overnight oats and slippers and those patches you put on weary eyes to help your bags and just loads of gorgeous things to say, it's okay, I know you're knackered and need some looking after, rather than flowers, which are essentially another thing to care for. To have a look at don'tbuyherflowers.com if you're looking for a gift, This episode is sponsored by Hot Tea Mama and I'll talk more about them in a bit. Their teas are designed to support women through different stages of life, including new mums. They're really good tasting teas and actually they're available at Don't Buy Her Flowers as well. So, on with the episode, this is Kelly Convey. We're recording, we've got a baby who is not napping, but I think we're going to carry on anyway. I mean, why not?
3: Why don't we just spend the next hour recording this and then get to the end and realise that no one pressed the start button. And
2: And it's also bloody hot today. I'm so sweaty. I've got a ring light on to try and make me look less dark and dull, but it's it's, it's heat coming off that.
3: I've just got a ring of sweat.
2: Well, it's nice to meet you because we've not actually met, but I've been obviously looking at all the stuff that you're doing. And you're doing amazing stuff and you've got two small children. So you're a comedian and you're absolutely smashing it. And then you decided to quickly get married and throw in a couple of kids. So how's that? Well,
3: you know, it's nothing like a pandemic to think, why not? Let's just start shooting out children like a
2: pinball machine. (laughs) Did you have them earlier because of the pandemic?
3: Well, basically, we were meant to get married in the pandemic and that got cancelled. And so we were like, what else do we do? Well, I suppose we just have a kid. <laughs> so I feel like there was sort of an end of the world feeling. So we were like, well, we might as well. I'm not getting any younger. And like it's getting delayed mm. and delayed and delayed because we were going to wait until after the wedding.
2: But right. it was like, maybe this wedding's never going to happen. So we were like, let's just crack on. You were supporting like, oh, you are supporting like Alan Carr, Ramesh Ranganathan, and Joanne McNally. Like you've got amazing people that you're working with. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm supporting Alan I, tonight, actually. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. So how do you do it?
3: When my firstborn was three months old I went back on tour with Alan and we all just went because it was that or or no gig because I had to breastfeed and we all just like piled in the car and would go wherever it took us and we'd stay yeah. and I was never going to miss out on that tour like there was yeah. no way that I was going to turn an opportunity like that down. There was no way that my husband was going to let me either. I think he's banking on me being famous and and not having to work anymore. Riding your coattails. He's He's very supportive for some reason. (laughs) Um, He is great. And he was like, no, you know, if it's like Friday up in Liverpool or wherever we were going, then I'll take that day off. We'll go up in the morning. We'll make it work. We used to take the dog as well. Now, with the second one, I'm being a little bit more choosy yeah. because it wasn't easy.
2: So um, I was going to say, how did you feel in yourself? Because I've got three kids, me three months in. I, I, when I could barely string a sentence together, I definitely wasn't funny. I have just sort of sat with a boob out. And also, presumably, it was. Diff- did you use different material? Because your life had changed so much from your material, like pre-kids and Tinder and stuff like that. Yeah. So how did you handle that?
3: I feel like there's a certain addiction and like a buzz you get from stand up. Even tonight, I haven't geeked in months and I am a bit nervous. Kind of mm. you my, my daughter's death with my breast here and um, and there's definitely that like I have I got mum brain have I forgotten it when I'm out and about talking to people and I'm like duh, 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 duh,
0: duh. you know you
3: can't like you know yeah. y- y- you know what you want to say but you can't say it. you can't just go up there in front of thousands of people and go i oh, sorry <laughs> I'm a little bit like you know I'm tired and, um, yeah I haven't really slept last night and like uh, just before I
2: start, yeah. uh, I've got
3: a bit of a mum brain <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I might yeah. not remember this because I haven't done it in ages
2: and blah blah blah. Please so, laugh anyway, because I'm in in turmoil inside. Like.
3: <laughs> yeah, so there's no excuses, you you've just got to do it. So I always go in with this sort of anxiety of purely will I be able to remember my set. Mm. Mm. I always worry about that. I always think I'm gonna get up there and go, go. No. But mm. I feel like it's always there and once you go once you start it all comes back and then off the back of that when you get a really good reaction it totally boosts your confidence to keep doing it mm-hmm. and to do it again and you you know you come off absolutely buzzing because as I mean I absolutely love being a mum and if if someone said to me tomorrow choose between the girls and never doing stand up again I'd choose my girls like, there's no mm-hmm. way I would choose any other way but there is this sort of, oh, my God, that's me again. Like, oh, my God, like, there's this release that you get with, with the stand-up when it goes well that it's, like, not a messiah complex, but, like, almost like that, this validation
2: of, like, People going, yeah. wow, you're good, and not for being a mum. Although I imagine it would have been really stressful, and I think I've heard you say when you're pregnant with your second, you're like, I, I don't want to go back to work as quickly because it must yeah. have been really stressful. And but you were being you rather than being mum. Rather you like the identity bit, especially with your first kid, is so hard. Where you, just, I mean, I think I was a good year of just feeling not myself. And then you kind of emerge at some point and maybe a bit of clothing fits you again, or so like there's little milestones that come back. And work actually is one of those where you're like, Oh yeah, I can I can speak to adults and I and I was good at something. And you you don't have yeah. like it's a weird balance because in some ways it's great to be able to have that time off. Mm. And everyone does the whole, oh, you you'll we you would miss it and you you don't wish it away. But actually, maybe in some ways that gave you that balance because you still got to be who you were really early yeah. on
3: I think it's a really good point though when you say like feeling like I'm good at something and mm. and I don't think you ever get that feeling as a mum like no. you, you're always like oh I've just clawed it back oh I've just you know <laughs> okay today was successful because they both slept and blah blah, blah but you don't come off going yeah. bloody oh I'm really good at this
2: no like you never, never do that
3: Like And actually, if you go in for a meeting or, like, I do a gig and it goes well, I come off buzzing because I'm like, I'm good at that.
2: I can do that. You can't argue it. There's a load of people laughing. You're getting booked again. Like, that's complete proof that you did it, isn't it?
3: Yeah. And that, for me, like, tonight, like, uh, yeah, I'm supporting Alan tonight. And um, I am anxious and I am worried about how it's going to go. But, like, when my husband said to me, he's like, you know it's going to be great, you know, because Um, I I know that the material works, I know that it's good. There's just this hurdle I have to come over where I come out of the fog of rushing around with the pram and all that stuff and haven't brushed my hair since Monday, you know, that kind of thing. And then getting up there, doing my makeup, standing up there and having literal, like, validation coming back to me. Or oh, it could go horribly wrong. So I don't know. Exactly yeah, I
2: mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, then just flash your boobs and that can yeah. be... Because you're good. Then I, I mean, that is something that you also do because I see you've got one of your TikTok videos which has been viewed like more than 9 million times as you're talking about your flashing. Do you want to share yeah. that story? It's so good. It's not actually the first time it's
3: happened to me where I've, no. I've opened the door with my boob out because around the house, <laughs> in the house... Uh, Especially because, like the girls, I mean, I only just stopped breastfeeding when I got pregnant again. So I've either been breastfeeding. We should
2: probably say that actually, you got pregnant six months after your first baby. Yeah, there's fifteen months between them. (laughs) So I've got twenty-one months, and that felt mental. Fifteen is. Absolutely, but I've, my brother and one of my brothers and sisters are 13 months, and I'm actually disgusted by my parents on that because you're yeah. like, "What were you thinking?
3: What were you thinking?" Clip. Like, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's really intense. So, like for the for the last sort of two years, I mean, well, for mm-hmm. the last sort of three years, I suppose, I have been solidly pregnant or breastfeeding so around the house I'm just I, I'm tits out most of the time yeah. like I mean there's no you know when we started this call I was like oh no I've only got my bra on I have to go and put a top one <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I just buzzed around with my boobs out and so basically we got a delivery and uh, I, I answered the door I didn't even know about an hour after it happened but my husband got the delivery note and there's me and you can literally see my boob out in the, in the photo so and I, I just posted it online I just thought it was like a funny thing to happen but I didn't expect it to go like quite quite so viral um, so good so yeah
2: yeah those like early days those early days when it was your first and you go from being this independent really fun wild person to not perhaps when you just had a baby but how did you feel like what was your expectation and when you really think back
3: I feel like with B, our first one like we were so smitten with her and Mm. just so loved up in it that I feel like that's why we, we we got pregnant again and then this time around absolutely smitten with Tallulah in the exact same way but the extra hurdle of having two of them like my first slept through the night from the start.
2: Amazing, right? but this it's one terrible. Of those things you can't tell other people, yeah. Oh,
3: I never did. I lied to all of my friends. I lied. Terrible night. <sighs> I've only started telling people that she slept through the night since she started not sleeping through the night. And now I Proper understand. Proper through the night?
2: Like, Did you have to wake up and do a feed or anything or just nothing?
3: Early days, she used to wake up like once a night, have a feed and go back off. But then very early on, she started to sleep seven till seven. Wow. And only when she'd stopped doing that, did I realize what fresh hell that was. But that was at the very same time that I had a newborn. Oh. So it was like... I now know why my friends were turning up and like dead behind the eyes. Like the the lack of sleep thing, we didn't experience that with B. And now I'm still experiencing it now, uh, seven months down the line. Tallulah doesn't sleep. If we all got sleep, it's actually quite a breeze. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like on the days when I'm rested, I can handle the scenarios that go on. Yeah, you've got lack of sleep, and the smallest thing, like on Tuesday when I went to take my older one to nursery, uh, after she'd had a break from nursery and I hadn't slept, I got there and it was inset day, and I just wanted to cry. Like, I was just like, why is this my life? You know what I mean? Like, that kind of. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Seriously. I feel like if I'd had a good
2: night's sleep that night, I could have handled that a hell of a lot better. That's the bit, isn't it? It's like, I can handle this, I can handle this, I can handle this. And then for some days you just can't. And, it, and even the tiniest things, are, you just completely fall apart, even though like you know, that's not a big deal. Or your partner, like Doug, would have been there going, oh, like when you're completely losing it over something really minor. And I did suffer with kind of just all my energy turned into anger at my husband pretty much (laughs) (laughs) with each of my three kids for that first year maybe longer I've been
3: really noticing that recently I've Mm. always sort of idolized my husband because he is the the can-do man and he is just brilliant but recently I've been noticing and having to stop myself being really so unfair on him the other night yeah. i was upstairs trying to get to down and he was sneezing downstairs and i was like <laughs> does he <laughs> want to sneeze any louder <laughs> yeah, are, but, you, are you all right down there <laughs> do you want to do you want to control your sneezing and then i was like
2: i was like what are you doing to this poor man can you not but that sneeze? is amazing like, well. wait kelly i would have ran down the stairs and gone you're a
4: fucking prick
2: <laughs> i would i, I I had no filter. So poor Doug was like this show. And he was like, that's amazing that you then stopped yourself. Because honestly, I once wrote about the rage, like the mum rage, and it and it went nuts with people going, Oh my God, like that seed, a golem, like you, like that voice. So if you've got a seven-month-old and a toddler and you managed to stop yourself, I actually think you're a hero in that scenario.
3: I think I was more stopping myself after I've just been berating him the entire day yeah. I do feel for him because there are certain things where he's just not as good as me at it do you know, because I'm their <laughs> mum do you know what I mean like I'm their mum I'm with them like 24-7 and I'm like oh no she doesn't like that folk like yeah why you giving it, why you giving it but she, and all oh, no, she no. did
2: yesterday no 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 that's everything's changed it's uh
3: yeah oh you're gonna make porridge like that no 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 if you're gonna make it like that then that's fine but i don't really i'm you know, judging how he makes porridge like just give him a break like i i find yeah. myself doing this and i am like it's unfair but i feel like you're juggling things so much all the time you just need to have that moment where you don't need to be Like looking over someone, the typical thing that he does, which I've started to completely and utterly ignore him I don't even respond, I don't even look up is when he'll be like, Where's the washing up liquid? Yeah, I don't respond, I don't say a word because two seconds later,
2: oh, there it is. Yeah, because you've asked me before, you've looked for it. It's annoying that you also know like when they are be like, Oh, have you seen my wallet? And you're like, Yeah, you know exactly where it is. It's on the second shelf down on the that annoys me that I know that. I'm like, that is additional retained yeah. like memory shit that I don't need that you can't even remember where you put it and I know where you put it. I'd be like, I'm not your mum. And it really kills him because it is, you know, you're like, I, I don't want to mother you. I don't I don't want I'm not your mum. It's a good comeback because yeah. they're like, Oh, they can see their shrink (laughs) yeah because it's true it's true you're mothering them
3: like they they can't even you know um and I feel like that's something that I've become really aware of recently and I try not to allow it to to grow he he is so capable and does so much for us and then the smallest little thing I get snappy with him which I would never in a million years done before and I'm Mm. aware of that so uh, try and give me. The like place. I said, I think
2: I think that's really impressive though, because I think it took me year, years later. I could look back and go, oh, I probably was quite unreasonable, but when I was in it, I I couldn't, and I just felt so angry all the time, like that mm. tense, like your shoulders up and that. But did it help that if you went back to work quite early and you and he was supporting you in that? I think you left him sometimes, like he was home with the baby which probably lots of blokes don't because they've got a female partner, she's there all the time, so.
3: Yeah, he was brilliant. If it were to be like a gig that was just, I was able to drive to and from, he would have her. We got her on the bottle really early, which allowed me to leave and come back. Tallulah, on the other hand, really doesn't like taking the bottle, so we don't really have that option. But he had that connection with B, particularly where he was alone with her and having to just... Get on with it it from early doors. So he is very capable like that. Like he does bath time every single night. He leaves for work at 5am and gets home at 6 and then he does bath time. It's like a, you know.
2: So it's a long day for both of you.
3: Yeah, that's another irrational thing. I get annoyed with him (laughs) because I'm I'm like looking at the clock and it's like 4 o'clock. I'm
2: like, what time are you home? About six. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, okay. Even though it's the same as every other. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. And also I used to be excited. I'd at like 10 in the morning. I'd be like, Oh, can't wait to see you later. Maybe we can get the baby down and we'll watch something. We'll have a drink or whatever. And then by the like four o'clock, he would be like, where are you? Where the fuck are you? And he, yeah, uh, yeah. oh, the last message he'd had before that was like this really lovely person who was looking forward to seeing
3: Yeah yeah get get your own dinner oh right okay so what you're earning all the money to pay for all our bills and our mortgage oh okay right cool yeah well I'm here <laughs> uh, you know it's like he's out trying to earn a crust to, to keep us afloat and there's me getting annoyed because I uh, you know I
2: just need him to come and hold the baby for five minutes it's hard though it's it's really hard because it's so intense like you say you're not getting enough sleep you're not logical and there's hormones and stuff going on and you've had that for yeah. like two solid years at least like right?
3: i feel like you are looking down at yourself like you're out of body for this whole process like I feel like you disconnect from who you are and what you're doing because you've just got a million things in your mind to tackle and to know and what have I got in the morning what am I doing tomorrow oh, okay right bloody swimming again oh my god right okay but right. got to pack that in the bag where's the sw- oh I haven't washed that and then it's a knock-on effect to like so there's no time to actually just be you as a human being like my sister had her babies really young and I can see her you know they're teenagers now and they're her and her husband are like refining themselves like there does come a time when you start to look up again but like for for That's the, so the, true quite a few years you are you are just looking down and it's not a bad thing it's just it's a completely new thing
2: and and a, a consuming thing I suppose yeah and it's just a completely different priority where, and, and it's it's so immediate where you've gone from the pre-kids life, to, mm. like it's overnight, suddenly. You, I know there's a bit of change going on when you're pregnant, but when you don't have a kid yet and you're pregnant, you, you can still do stuff, you might just leave a bit early and you can't booze and stuff. But then the difference with that focus, the emotional like attachment to your kid and the worry, you've yeah. never had that before in your life. Yeah. Okay, I need to tell you about the sponsors of this episode, Hot Tea Mama. They make delicious, organic, award-winning whole leaf teas, specially designed to support women's wellness, particularly for the early stages of motherhood during breastfeeding and lack of sleep. I'm a big fan of herbal teas. I don't actually drink coffee or regular tea. And I love Hot Tea Mama so much so that they're available in Don't Buy Her Flowers gift boxes. Founder Bethan has a degree in tea science that is an actual thing and she uses her knowledge of tea biochemistry to make the blends to target the issues she has faced through life. As a new mum struggling to breastfeed, entering perimenopause and all of the lost sleep in between. Designed for life, Hot Tea Mama have your back from periods to pregnancy, motherhood to menopause and Don't Buy Her Flowers podcast listeners can get 20% off with the code dbhf20 at hotteamama.com or find them in Holland and Barrett, Selfridges or Planet Organic.
3: i feel like the stuff that like i used to get up to before i become a mom like there's a real calmness that i have got now with being a mom that is actually probably the savior of me i feel like i used to be a proper raver i used to get drunk to the point where i'd black out like that kind of like loose I needed this grounding so actually like now I'm like I'm I'm okay I can have a nice meal and a glass of wine and and I quite like being that mum I feel like I like the responsibility because it makes me responsible whereas Mm -hmm. before I was just completely like
2: wild. Have you had a big night since your second Tallulah?
3: not since Tallulah I had my hen do in between the two of them just before I got pregnant right. with Tallulah and is it, was, it was the same thing you haven't I like literally just I, I can't remember getting back like I I, I was I couldn't <laughs> speak I've got a video of me doing a speech and I can barely you can barely understand what I'm saying like you know <laughs> like I, I'm a terrible terrible drunk like and you know i think i quite like the fact that but it's a
2: relief as well isn't it if you you'd when you've just had a baby and you and it's like being with all your mates a hen do like that's one way you go for it anyway so yeah. it's it was inevitable i would say
3: yeah i just feel like there's something quite calming in knowing that oh no do you know i just i can't actually have that extra drink
0: <laughs> mm. whereas
3: before like i would just literally the transformation of me um, right. as a person since having them. Like, I wouldn't say like I'm some sort of earth mother, like I love a drink, but I just, I have a bit of control about it now, which actually well,
2: makes because me hangovers aren't fun. more. Yeah, yeah, I. yeah. But, and also, but you're, the world you're in would, must be, well, really male dominated and really boozy, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say... Uh, I think the thing with stand-up is actually it's not as sexy as it seems. Um, right. It's quite male-dominated, but the men uh, tend to be quite geeky. And drinking <laughs> is a really the audience drink, but you don't, right? You, you've
2: got. To I suppose then you wouldn't and... be. A... Yeah, it wouldn't be great. <laughs> unless, you, unless
3: you're thinking with Joanne McNally, and then yeah, you're getting on the wine. That's for sure. Right. But like, most of the time, right. it's. Um, I remember doing a, a gig really drunk when, um, when I very first started, I was still doing open mics at the time, and I'll never do it again, waking up with that fear, oh. when you've done it in front of a whole audience of strangers,
2: Yeah,
3: it is something that will live with me for the rest of my life, and I've never got drunk before a gig since. So no, it's
2: quite, um, quite tame, the old stand-up world, to be fair. Who do you turn to for advice with motherhood and stuff? Or do you try to just focus and ignore everyone else? Because there's a lot of advice. (laughs) Um, I certainly try
3: not to listen to bloody Instagram, because if I did, then I'd be, uh, I'm the worst mother in the
2: world. Do you get comments on your posts and stuff?
3: Yeah, like, I I posted one about B that went viral as well, about B having an American accent from watching Miss Rachel, which is this, like, educational American woman. So, like... B says still now she says like zebra instead of zebra. <laughs> and like she at the time she was really sort of saying like things like car and more and, right. and she sometimes she says, Mommy and all the comments are like, Oh, you your t- the TV's re- raising your child and you know, oh, you gosh. shouldn't let her watch my girl is so clever and so intelligent she knows the whole alphabet she knows how to count to 20 she knows loads of things that i feel like have actually uh, we reinforce and stuff that like come from them programs she's not watching bloody you know i don't know coco melon or whatever them ones are just it's educational but i don't listen to anything those people say because you know i mean i say anything you know, I mean, uh, I say thing. You know, I'm not exactly the most articulate person in the world. If I say thing, thing with an F, you know, like you see posts, you can't help but see the posts where it's like advice, where it's like, oh well, if you just wake up at three o'clock in the morning and batch cook some rice cookies, you know, yeah. out of your breast milk, you know, it's like no thanks. So I don't try and listen to that because I also I feel like advice. People give you advice based on their child, right? Yeah. I always find it really strange that, like, oh, yeah, well, we'd, you know, ours didn't sleep, so what we did was tie some heather to a string and let it, like, uh, wrapped around its ankle and hung it from a balcony. And the baby just slept for, like, eight hours straight. And you're like, Christ almighty, like, okay, cool, that worked for you. But, like, yeah that doesn't mean it's going to work for me. And then if I follow your advice and it doesn't work, I'm going to feel even worse. Yeah. I feel like it is all quite intuitive stuff isn't it and like and now I've had a second one I realise that they're totally different
2: yeah well yeah if you've got one that sleeps and one that doesn't you're like okay we're doing the same stuff here and it's not working
3: and it's not working it's not working with her you know I'm, I'm trying all the same things that I did with B, but it's just not working so you know she's meant to be sleeping while we do this podcast and here she is just
2: like, making those <laughs> yeah. of noise in the background I used to with my second because she with my first like he he was better at sleeping and we're more in a routine and he'd be just like it'd be one o'clock and he'd just go and be like oh there he is having his peaceful sleep and then my second one came along she was so stimulated by him like she didn't you know toys or anything she just would watch him so she'd be sitting in the bouncer just like watching this nearly two year old run around yeah. I used to turn her little chair and face the wall when I needed her to acquire <laughs> to like <sit. laughs> that's so a great it's just, idea I know but and then when you say it now people are like oh that's but because there was so much going on that she just then wouldn't sleep so I used to prop her facing the wall and then it's like Doug would come in and be like, oh yeah, there's Mabel's, don't look at her. This poor, she was so smiley and content, totally happy. She didn't mind the wall, she'd find something to look at on it. But it was because there was so much going on. When you've got two, it's just yeah. then they're, they're just not the same kit. Like they're just never gonna be, are they?
3: Yeah. But yeah, um,
2: then when you just... but if I'd have suggested that as advice to anyone, they'd be like, uh no. <laughs> yeah, we just pop her in a cage. And uh, (laughs) we just go out out, for a couple of hours and um, she's she's time when we get back. We put like a sensory, you know, we close her off so she can't see or hear anything and then she sleeps, it's totally fine. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. like you you have your mates and you do talk about things and, you you know, you go, oh, maybe I'll try that, maybe I'll try this. But if it's unnatural to you, those things aren't going to work. Like there was some instinctive thing where you knew that she needed to have a a like a, a blank wall in front of her, and it worked, and it calmed her, and like stuff like yeah. that. You know, I, I feel like it's it's a lot of it is instincts and and trying anything that you can, and something will start working.
2: Do you have many people with small kids to hang out with?
3: I live in East Dulwich, and it's the highest birth rate in right. the country. There are is wall to wall children, babies everywhere. Right doesn't mean that I've got a massive group or anything but I bet a couple of like women that we really click and it's nice and our children are the same age my best mate uh, from uni she had her daughter 12 days before my first um, oh, amazing so that's really nice um so I do have like nice women that we hang out and meet up and have that but I find actually going to like a massage group or whatever and trying to make friends there it's really impossible and that can be really disheartening because when when we had B long story we were renovating our house we were living actually with my dad which is an hour away from East Dulwich and what I used to do I joined all of the baby classes in East Dulwich to hope to make friends and so I would drive over every
2: day (laughs) for an hour to get to your sleep time that's precious baby sleep time right because then they'd just be asleep in the car
3: yeah and then i'd get here do the baby massage group thinking oh, i'm gonna make some friends today and everyone's like mm, bye and then i'd have to drive for an hour back out to surrey <laughs> disheartened and like you make friends where it's just like it's like i always say it's like a bit like dating. You, you start sort of you know texting and don't wanna be too forward and then you maybe meet up for a
2: drink and what yeah, do you see know. if you see someone? What is it that will make you think? Oh, I think I could like her. What would be the thing that?
3: Um, I think like if
2: she looks like shit, like,
3: <laughs> hair bunked up, like a t
2: shirt, like a yeah. stain on it. You don't um, want you don't want overly glamorous, do you? Because then you're just going to feel more shit. So you, there's you don't want them too well yeah. kept.
3: I feel like someone that looks like you, that talks like you, yeah. like that would be your friend anyway. I feel like forcing it with someone just because they're a mum is just really, it it leads to quite a lot of of awkward silences. I feel like the mum friends that I've made, I could see that I would have been friends with them anyway if they had children or not. Um, And that's not many. You know what I mean? I've met loads of women. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like dating though, doesn't it? I've met loads of women. I've slept with all of them, but what, know, only a few have stuck, you know. Um, it's trial and error. I feel like that can be really horrible for some women though, because it, especially like if you live mm. in an area like I do where there is just buggies everywhere, you can go out where you're just trying to get out the house and go for a coffee and sit next to a table of like six women all together laughing their heads off with babies the same age as yours and you just sit there and drink your coffee on your own and that I feel like I've done that and it, it yeah, feels
2: I've like done shit <laughs> I think even that like you can have it at school gates as well like there'll be some people that don't work like outside of the hat of the home Like I've run a business so I might be like running around and I've done it before we not that long ago I went to a cafe and there was a group of women who were all mums from one of my kids years and they've gone to have a coffee and they're all hanging out and I was meeting Doug in the same cafe and they're like oh do you want to sit with us I was like no it's okay and there was a bit of me that felt really weird because I was like oh they're obviously all meeting up and I've not been invited and now I've bumped into them and I was talking to Doug about it's like like do you want to hang out with them have you got time to hang out with them do you need more fret like and I was like really it's just a weird feeling isn't it when you're on your own and you're kind of isolated and you're you feel really conscious of how you look almost I don't know it's a weird thing yeah
3: yeah I was talking to some mum friends of mine the other day and we were saying that it's really awkward when someone asks you out but you, you know that they're not really your sort of person yeah but it's like especially if you're like on maternity leave or a stay-at-home mum what excuse do you have to say no <laughs> yeah you know, I, oh would do Easy. you do you want to meet up in the park on Tuesday uh no I don't
2: like, <laughs> like sorry like I just don't I, think we'd get on so sorry yeah you're yeah. just
3: not my kind of gal you know it's sort of um I feel like there's a lot of pressure to sort of have this big network of friends
2: and do stuff um, all the time, isn't it? It's like, it's also, especially when you've got two small ones like you have life is easier at home probably. And I know you don't want to be like trapped in those four walls, but I think by the time I had my third, I, was like, I've, I like being at home because it's not that long. Once you've got out the other side, and you're like, this isn't going to be forever. It's like those first few months of not having to try and get to meet someone or get to a baby class. Which I didn't do any of that with the third one because I was like, I'm paying to never go because he's got a cold or he sleeps. And they're like this little potato is just sitting there and you're like trying to take them to massage your baby sign. It's no point, I felt, by the right. third one.
3: Yeah, I feel the same. I mean, I feel like there's a pressure... Because I do so many clubs with B, like we do, like football and swimming, and the two days that she now goes to nursery, I'm like, right, I have to do something for Tula now. So I do yes. baby sensory on a Tuesday and swimming on a Friday, because I just feel like, oh, poor love, like she doesn't, you know, get this dedicated. But she time. doesn't really care;
2: she just she wants to less. hang out with you.
3: You know, it's like, you know say
2: hello to
3: the sun <laughs> like doing all the sign languages and all that stuff and she's just there like staring at the ceiling it's just i feel expectation and feeling like people are judging you most of the time like say mm-hmm. i live in a terrace and i think oh mum's probably noticed that i haven't been out today and should i keep the shutters closed because bee has been watching bees for most of the day like i don't want them to know yeah. that she's watching tv and you know you're thinking oh are they all watching me like are
2: they all judging me like um and they're probably not
3: no I'm judging them it is
2: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. terrible curtain she's got but I think that's the that's what's really hard I think when you're in that first months of bubble you think all these things you project all these things into what might be going on and actually it's generally not it's just because we've been kind of Somehow made to feel that we've got to be doing it so well with our expectations are like that if we're do, being a mum, we should be really good one, and then we're yeah. just really hard on ourselves. You compare yourself to everyone and you compare your
3: children to everyone and you go, oh, well, they're doing that now and they're doing this now mm-hmm. and, like, oh, am I not doing something right? Like my best mate, Bessa, she her baby, she didn't really grow her hair for a long time and B was born with, like, more hair than I have. Like They, they got so good. good hair. And she's like, she, her hair isn't growing yet. I said, babe, she's not going to be bald forever. Yeah. You feel like everything's saw... forever and you feel like everything is, is comparison to other children oh mine doesn't sleep through the night mine only sleeps in the bed with me it's like no grown adult is not sleeping through the night or sleeping with their mum still apart from one guy <laughs> I dated once and I'm pretty <laughs> not sure he still slept with his mum but that's another story but like <laughs> they all come out of this it's just in the moment at that time you feel like you've you've doing something wrong or they're never going to achieve or they're, they're, they're yeah. behind or you know it's um
2: my um eldest didn't smile to he was like eleven weeks, which is quite late, and a mate had a baby at the same time who was born six weeks later and he was smiling before mine and I was like, well, he hates me he's miserable he's not smiling yeah. he's, he's miserable he hates his life I haven't done enough like could I've really but genuinely tortured myself that I'd already screwed him up and made him miserable and it was he just was that was just who he was. The other two yeah. were like beaming at four weeks it's just it yeah. was really weird. But I took it really personally. What's the, what's the most ridiculous moment you've had, like where you're either out and about or something's happened so far with motherhood?
3: Oh, God. Um, there's times when, especially in those early days, going back to those baby massages and stuff, like trying to make friends and it going yeah. round the class and we all had to introduce ourselves. They went around the class, and um, then it got to me, and I was like, "Oh hi, I'm Kelly. Uh, this is Beatrix. Um I'm just checking the babies will massage us, right?" <laughs> and literally, <Yeah>. the whole <laughs> room just gave me the dirtiest look, and they were like, uh... "And I wanted to just um... kill myself." <laughs> Same group of people. We went for coffees afterwards, and one of the mums was like complaining how. Her baby hadn't gained any weight. I was like, oh my God, you go girlfriend. What's your secret? I could like lose some. Need to say, I never made any friends with that baby massage group. Um, well, they
2: sound extremely dull. Like, yeah. yeah But it's, it's, mine was always when I didn't have the right stuff. I remember yeah. one of my kids shat at the top of a slide during like the whole training <laughs> thing. It's, it's like, brilliant. what do you do? Do you, it's like, do you, do you, put them on the slide they're going to come down do you get the like just the logistics of it (laughs) but my favorite was one of them one of them was potty training the elder one pooed and I had to use the younger one's cardigan to wipe his bum because I didn't have any wipes you're just like I used to be someone you're kind of like they're (laughs) doing this stuff that's like this isn't this isn't what I wanted for life
3: that's exactly it though just totally unprepared and you turn up somewhere and you've got like all the nappies for one of them but not the other like putting a size yeah. seven nappy on a three-week-old baby and it's just like <laughs> trying to like to do it up in a lot at the side. Mine's that that's the meme unpreparedness I always feel like I'm really prepared I've got everything and then I've forgotten the main thing that we need
2: organ House is a new concept in maternity movement clothing. Did you know that an expectant mother purchases on average 21 items of clothing during her pregnancy? They usually only fit for a short time, so there's no desire to continue wearing them once the baby arrives, and they're swiftly passed on or bound for landfill. Jorgen House recognises that maternity doesn't end after the fourth trimester. From prenatal to post, through motherhood and beyond, Jorgen House clothes bend, extend, move, and transform with you. The collection is also made from recycled and sustainable materials and features innovative magnetic clasps for easy, single handed use when breastfeeding. Use the code DBHF at jorgenhouse.com that's j-o-r-g-e-n house to receive a free pair of support briefs valued at 30 pounds with any purchase
3: we we're at the park the other day really hot day and um, i was like, saying to her oh, do you want to we, we'll go now baby uh, i'll get her out of the park by saying oh, let's go and get a snack come on baby do you want to go and get a snack from the shop She was like what Water. I was like oh my god I haven't got any water it's like 30 degrees outside I've got zero
2: water for it she's like water water. it's just too much stuff that does get better so my eldest is nearly yeah. 13 and uh yeah he, I mean he will go out and have not taken a coat and uh, but you're like well you you should have bought that like you can blame yeah. them and be like now yeah. you have to be a man and be able to cope with your own stuff, it's weird, yeah. Well, they go, Have you got water? No, have you, and they're like, Oh, uh, it's good. <laughs> I haven't hit proper teen zone, but I'm quite enjoying this bit. Like, you know, everyone goes, Oh, it doesn't get any easier. It's like, Oh my god, do you did they need to spend a day with like you with two kids that are 15 months apart and go, The physical demand on that of you of, on you of what you're having to do all the time and the thinking, and it's so much. I think people just forget,
3: yeah. Yeah, I I think the juggling, like the juggling of um, all of the different parts of of it, of keeping another human being alive,
2: Mm.
3: multiple And being completely responsible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and those human beings being a direct reflection of your actions, I feel Mm. like, how they behave and, and who they are. You feel like, oh, my God, what I'm doing is just presenting myself out to the world. You know, are they kind? Are they nice? Do they smell? Have you washed them? Like, (laughs) B had a week last week for some reason or or other. She didn't want to have a bath anymore. She's always loved a bath. By the end of the week, she had like a dreadlock. And she (laughs) stunk. The little toenails were black. It was rank. (laughs) And she just wouldn't get in the bath unless she was screaming ahead of Luckily, we bought some baby shark thing. And she loved it. She's back in the bath now. I'm like going around like with my little girl. She's got sandals on. You can see her black toenails through it. I'm like, this is embarrassing. Kid. Yeah. yeah, like oh my god, I've got the yeah. Because you can't kid.
2: blame her if your 13 year old stinks. You can be like, well, you didn't put deodorant on, and it's, you're yeah. gross. But you can't, you can't win that. Like, yeah, too, like, you
3: know, getting social services for her. She's she's un, she's unwashed.
2: <laughs> what would you wish that someone had said to you? What would have comforted you? I guess. Oh.
3: Everything is a phase, and I mm. have to still tell myself that all the time now. The sleep thing for me a few months ago, uh, honestly, the hardest time of my life, like a newborn and my darling girl that would you'd put her down, you wouldn't even need to stay in the room with her, you'd put her down at seven, see her again in the morning, mm. screaming her head off throughout the night and not knowing what to do with her. Now yeah. she's going back to sleeping in the midst of all of the shit you feel like it's forever and it's just not and that's that for me it I try and remember that when it's really tough because it's just not forever any of this and you then then if you take that that attitude and that understanding then you can actually not enjoy it but like almost appreciate it for what it is you know what I mean like I mean it sounds cliche you know you never get these years back but There are times in the night when I'm up with Tallulah and I'm just like, uh, I get really angry with her, you know, because I'm tired and I'm angry and she won't go back to sleep. And then, you know, I do look down at her and I just think, oh, my little girl, you're going to be like getting married one day. And, you know, this is her little phase that she's in right now.
2: Yeah. But again, it's really hard to have the perspective when you haven't had enough sleep and maybe you're around with your partner and all that stuff. But you're you're so right. It's like it will be something else in a couple of months. And you almost need to remember to look back and go, oh, do you remember six weeks ago? I think like the starting school thing, I've just written this piece about start like school term. And it's like when you're that first week, it's just changed like it's a new phase. So everybody's like and everyone's gone a bit mad. And then in six weeks time you look back at this week you'll feel completely different about it but it's it's quite hard to do that and I suppose it comes with the longer you're in the journey probably like that you can go back and go and having two means that you've come to it sooner probably because you go oh yeah both kids are completely different to what they were three months ago or six months ago
3: yeah and and that in in the moment if you can appreciate that that is something that's going to pass it's almost Mm. like The bad things gonna pass, but also they're gonna grow and you're not gonna have your little screaming baby anymore. You're gonna have a talking toddler and it's just so mind blowing. Like I feel like when I before I was a mum, I used to sort of do TikToks and stand up and you know, all of that stuff. It was only when I became a mum I actually shied away from the mum content initially and I didn't post anything on TikTok for ages because it was never something I'd done. I'd always talked about my life and whatever. And I thought, no yeah. one wants to hear this. No one wants to listen to this. And then I started posting about it. And I realized that like, it's just such a massive market. And I don't mean to commercialize it in that way, but it is, no, but it is. is yeah, this huge thing that particularly women, but men as well go through in their life where it can feel lonely or confusing or whatever. Naturally, the connection that i've made since becoming a mum through my stand-up doing stand-up pregnant doing it you know talking about being a mum on stage the reaction oh. i get back and the connection i get back is a million times more than i ever had being single or talking really?
2: about
3: being. yeah it's just this um it's an understanding that like we're all the same you know i think oh I'll post a video about that just because it happened today. And then it goes viral and I'm like, oh. And it's like, oh, no, because everyone is going through this. Like, yeah. you know, it could be just the fact that you get to school and it's closed and you feel like an idiot. But tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people have like actually done yeah. that as well.
2: It's still quite new that women especially are talking honestly or and it's funny or it's sad or it's emotional or whatever. Because probably 30 odd years ago or less, it was like we were in your little bubble at home and you had to pretend that everything was really lovely and life's so great. Keep up with the Joneses. And actually now some people are still doing that. And there's some perfect Instagram feeds. be like, eh, whatever. But that voice that you've got is reassuring for people because it is lonely and hard and all the other stuff, as well as some of it's just so ridiculous, like the situations you find yourself in.
3: Yeah, just having someone else to voice that. I found that it's my most relatable content so far, which is nice. because um, keep
2: bashing out kids then (laughs) because...
3: I I think I've got one more in me maybe, but um, yeah. (laughs) I just feel like, yeah, it's it's kind of, um, I found, without sounding really corny, but I do find that I found who I am and, and what I can talk to people about you know, and, and that connection of bearing my soul of, like, my embarrassments and my misfortunes
2: to make other people feel better, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> doing a service, yeah. And then tonight you're going to support Alan Carr. Like, that's pretty major.
3: Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm excited for tonight. I haven't gigged in months. And um, before kids, and, and even actually after B, I would gig, like, I would gig um, seven nights a week. You know it, that's that's what stand-ups right. do. You gig yeah. every night of the week, and for me right now, I don't want to do that because what I'll be doing is doing half-ass job of being a mum and half-ass job of doing stand-up and yeah. I find that the stress that goes with me leaving, particularly to Lula, because she doesn't take the bottle, it's just not worth it. I know I can come yeah. back to it, so now it's a gig every so often. And mm. actually, like I'm very anxious going into them, but actually they tend to be better. when you're gigging every night of the week, you've just become like um robotic you know in a way you just yeah. you say you, whereas now I look at my material and I go over it and I, I come back in it's and, a big
2: deal, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah it's a and big event.
2: probably have to pour even more into it, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, so cool. stand up will always be there. I just need to. And I want to focus on being a mum for a bit.
2: I think I heard you said something really sensible on a podcast and then I'll let you go. But you said you might work for another 30 odd years. So actually, if for the next couple of years, it's like I've got to have more of a balance and I can't work as much. You're still going to have years to work. And I think that we forget that. Not that if you if people want to work, go and work. But I think sometimes we feel like, shit, I'm going to miss out on all these opportunities. Like we've still got fucking years of working. So in lots of yeah. ways it is a temp really temporary blip
3: yeah and it scares the bloody life out of me it still makes me really anxious and I do see other comics maybe getting opportunities that I maybe mm. wanted or, or thought that I could have had and I try and put that to the back of my mind and not look around at other people because yeah. you know they might have got the opportunity that I might have wanted but at the same time They don't have my girls. So, uh, you know, and I just feel that it does scare me because what if no one wants me when I come back or if I miss the boat? But that's just bullshit because I know I can do stand-up. I know I'm good at it. It's something that I and only me can do. And I feel like I'll be so much better at it if I'm not resenting it or stressed about it. And I can actually just be a good mum for a bit. So I'm going to focus on doing TikToks for now. Build up a massive audience and then do a yep. sell-out tour. That's the plan. Yeah.
2: Book, tour, show, all of it. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Merch, Merch the lot. yes. <laughs> <Merch>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much to Kelly and baby Tallulah, who was so unbelievably patient, just crawling about and having a bit of boob every now and then for the whole recording. Um, Yeah, impressive. I keep thinking about what Kelly said about looking down when you have babies. And it's so true. There is so much to do and remember and keep on top of. And it's definitely like shutters that come up in stages as the kids become less physically dependent. And I think that's quite reassuring that it's okay to be looking down because you're doing what you need to and you've got that focus for a while. But thank you so much for listening. We've some corker guests coming up, if I do say so myself. We're talking midlife, sex and relationships. And if you subscribe to the podcast, you'll get a notification when we go live with a new episode. And if you haven't yet and you like the podcast, can you please leave us a review on iTunes? i would be very grateful. And right, thank you very much and have an excellent week.